Welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your e-commerce tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. On today's episode, we interview Ozio Caro from AkuziDolls.com. Ozio Caro is an African-American mother who noticed a lack of diversity in mass-manufactured dolls. Inspired by her own childhood and encouraged by her own daughters, she created Ikuzi Dolls, a line of dolls with different shades of darker skin and texturized hair. Today, we chat with Ozi to learn how you can spot business opportunity through unmet need in the market. Hey Ozi, how are you? Hi Aliana, how are you? I am very good. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell our customers and our listeners a little bit about Ikuzi Dolls and what makes them different. Well, Ikuzi Dolls is my line of dolls of color. They come in different shades of brown and different hair textures. Um, People of color come in all different shades and looks. And so my brand basically was uh, developed to celebrate that. I am a, an African-American, a woman of color. I have four children, two girls. And um, the challenge was finding dolls that look like them. Um, most dolls out there are not of color. And the ones you do, the brands that do carry a black doll do carry just one shade of brown. And my two daughters, they're both different shades of brown. So just really finding um, a doll that they can relate to and identify with um, sort of drove me to start this business. So that's they were my inspiration, put it that way. So I I wanted to know actually about that moment when you realized that that you needed to create this. Because you said that your daughters were your inspiration. I think that's, you know, that's very interesting because if the inspiration comes, if you're doing it for somebody else, especially someone that you care about so much, then I feel like you would really pour your heart and soul into it and you would not care how difficult it is. You will make it happen. So can you take us back to that moment? Like, I'm sure it wasn't, was it like a, a one moment or was it a succession of, you know, little things that build it up that made you decide one day to do this? So great question. So growing up, I, re- I, I loved dolls as a kid and I had many dolls and I only had one black doll. I had all white dolls and I maybe had about eight dolls, <laughs> to be honest. I had one black, black doll and she wasn't beautiful at all. And I hardly ever played with her. I just didn't like her. Um, yes. And so, um, just growing up in the seventies and just not having the options, uh, black dolls for little girls like myself. Um, I always knew that when I had daughters, I would want to buy and seek out black dolls. So that my daughters came along and, um, I would always buy them dolls and I would look and it was just so hard and frustrating trying to find dolls that look like them. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were about six and eight. And I, I was just at my wits end. I said, this is ridiculous. If nobody's going to do it, I, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I really wanted to provide them with something to play with that they can um, relate to and help build a positive self-image about themselves and really help them learn to love the way they look. 
And the fact that they could find, I could find dolls that looked like them didn't mean that they weren't beautiful, didn't mean that they weren't important, um, didn't mean that uh, the way they look isn't beautiful and isn't something that should be celebrated. And that's kind of where this came from. So they were about six and eight when I was like, I had an, I've had enough of this. And um, I've always seen myself as a creative person. So this was actually something that was a fun process for me. And it's really interesting what you said, because I feel like, um, you know, even when dark skinned dolls are made, it's almost like it's almost like they think that all dark skinned people and all African-Americans look the same, have the same skin color. And it's it's not that way. There are so many shades of just like there are so many shades of light skinned people. <clears throat> there are so mm-hmm. many shades of darker skinned people as well. So it's interesting that you that you've uh, you know touched on that. And Adam, by the way, real quick, I'm I'm curious. What does the word ikuzi mean? Oh, that's a great question. Ikuzi actually means to teach. It's a Nigerian language um, oh. that means to teach. And my whole idea was let's teach our girls to love who they are, to love how they look, to love themselves, and how God made them. So um, I thought I just didn't want to pick a name, a made up name. I wanted to my name, the doll name brand name to have a meaning. And that's why I chose that. How have your girls responded as you've started this quest to make a company around this idea? Yes. So like I said, they were six and eight. So they were so thrilled. They were, they were actually, um, they really pushed me to do this. Um, I, you know, I had the idea, I said, Oh, I'm going to do it. They were like, when are we going to start? <laughs> Let's get started. So they really were very, very involved in, you know, picking the skin tones and shades and the looks. And I actually did, um, model the faces of the doll off of uh, photographs and of my kids, just really sketching them out. And that was a fun process too. Um, mm-hmm. and going back and forth and sort of creating that perfect mold that looks like them. Um, what I also, when you look at dolls out there, um, sometimes the um, the companies that are out there that do have one token black doll, the doll's features don't really um, portray black features. So um, that was part of, uh, I really wanted to make sure that I did get the features right. And of course, you know, black features or African-American features do range, um, but I basically created the look of the dolls based off of them. And they were very... Um, supportive and they really helped with also the d- dresses and picking out colors um, for the dolls and the hair and skin as well. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Cause it just, it takes it Thank to a you. whole nother level. Like I was an educator for a long time um, and I worked in more of an urban kind of inner city setting. And so I'm familiar, like just from afar with these studies in general of like, the the self identity and and looking at kind of like you said the dolls that are out there in the market and then to watch this play out firsthand from their mom has got to be pretty amazing um for them so just kudos kudos to uh, your mission and what you're doing so far thank Um, you positive role play as you know um in the early years is so important you have to create those positive images and that's what kind of leads them loving themselves as they grow um, also my dolls, I feel are very important for people that are not black so they can sort of see dolls that are of a different race and really be able to appreciate and uh, not discriminate. So I think, um, the dolls, although they're made particularly for my kids and girls of color to be able to find a doll that looks like them and identify with, I really do think, um, I believe that my dolls are also very important in, in uh, as an education, educational tool. So, I mean, we see like on a practical note then, 
we see unmet needs coming up and being addressed all the time in today's market. How did you know that your dolls had enough demand to create a solid business around them? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, first, I knew that I needed something like this out there. And a lot of times when you need it, um, a lot of people around you that are similar to you need whatever it is you think that would be a good thing to have. So knowing that I needed them for my daughters, I actually did ask friends and co-work, um, not co-workers, I'm sorry, people that I know, acquaintances, and they thought it would be that it was a great idea too. And And also it came from discussions just with friends of mine, other moms, just you know, voicing our frustrations over coffee or um, at play dates. Um, so it was very obvious to me that there, this was a need and it wasn't just something that would only benefit myself. Mm-hmm. So part of like, you know, the entrepreneurship generally is the willingness to to take those risks. Um, how did you test the idea for your product or did you even test it or did you just go all out as soon as you chatted with friends and other moms and, you know, relatives? So um, I actually tested, I'm sure you know about Kickstarter. So sure. <laughs> I put the feelers out there um, through Kickstarter. And um, it, it from that, I saw that people really wanted what I had to um, provide. Um, we actually um, tested it and thought, okay, this is something that we have to move forward with. So I wanted to ask you about Kickstarter because you mentioned that you had uh, created a um, a Kickstarter, right, for for this idea to test it out. Yes. What are some of the lessons um, that you've learned, maybe in the process, or was there anything that you know today you would do differently than you would, you know, you had done it in the past, and you learned later on that it could have been done better? Yes. Um, one thing is, I think before anyone, and this is my advice to anyone that's looking to do a Kickstarter, before you actually put together your Kickstarter video and uh, program, you really need to kind of uh, amass some sort of following um, because you only have a limited number of days to raise the money. Of course, uh, Kickstarter is one of those lo- um reach your goal or lose the money <laughs> type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really need to get that audience. So once your product is ready for people to um, get on Kickstarter and actually purchase, you really or um, you really need to make sure you're able to reach out to them once your Kickstarter goes live, as opposed to trying to drum up that audience after the fact. Right, right. Or so did you, uh, so I am... Don't want to make assumptions, but it sounds to me from from what you said that you didn't have like you didn't have that audience before you started the Kickstarter in the beginning. Yes, so it was really a challenge trying to get people to know about me afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to do the Facebook, um, trying to reach people on Facebook and other social media platforms that was challenging. Um, but if I had done that ahead of time, it would have been a much a much better way of kind of reaching quicker. Right, right. So what advice do you have for listeners who may be experiencing, you know, let's say anxiousness or fear around starting a new business or creating a product that's not proven yet? Um, I would say start small. Um, Some people think they need, um, you know, major capital to really start something. And you can really start something small um, with not that much money. 
Um, it depends on the type of business, but you could start something with not that much money and then sort of test it and then expand, even if it starts with one product and then you expand your product line. But um, I definitely think, you know, taking the leap and starting small is the way to go. How long has your business been up and running? So I started the business two years ago, so 2014. Um, but I started selling my dolls online in 2015. Okay. So it really took some time to get it all together before we went online, um, yeah. selling online. So, I mean, you are pretty young at this point um, as a business. What do you feel like some of your biggest challenges are at this stage? Well, I would say one of them is is still the um, <laughs> is still the money um, because everything every everything we make goes back into the business. So is sitting down and making the right choices as to how to use that money. Um, of course, there are no profits at this time, and I'm not expecting that because uh, we're very, very new. So that's that's the big challenge. It really is. The second challenge is creating the awareness. Um, if you don't have a big budget for advertising and PR, um, you really have to be creative. Um, of course, social media is, is is one of those options that I really, really focus on because that's what I can afford at this stage. Um, so it's creating that awareness is is the second thing that's a, a challenge. Okay, I got two parts, uh, one for each of the uh, the two things you just listed. The first one, how are you deciding? Like what factors dictate where you're going to put the money? Of course, we're reinvesting in the business and there are other, as the business grows, there are other things that the money needs to be used for other than just product. But at the same time, it has to be a perfect balance because we do need to add product or enhance the product line um, based off of what we think or where the direction we want the company to go in. And secondly, um, just feedback from our actual customers. Um, I found that we started off with two dolls and we now have seven in the line. And a few of those dolls came from repeated requests from customers saying they wanted a look, a particular look, I guess, based on their child or based on their granddaughter or, or, or so. But it was based on their feedback. So we had to be able to um, adapt. Okay. And then for the, the second part with social media, which platform seems to be working the best for you and in what ways are you using it? So I would say um, two, I'll give you our top two platforms, um, Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Facebook, um, I guess it tends to be uh, skewed a little older now. So I think we find um, a lot of our customers coming through there are grandmas and moms. Um, and Instagram seems to be where we capture the younger audience that just loves to kind of follow us so they could see pictures and posts that we um, put up. Mm -hmm. What about in general um, with you being in the stage, constantly growing, constantly needing to get new information and make decisions, all, all of that, where are you finding your solutions or where do you go for guidance? That's interesting. I'm on, this isn't a plug for Shopify, but we, uh, we tend to get a lot of information um, from the newsletters um, because Shopify is all about small businesses and uh, empowering small businesses. So they have some really great newsletters that uh, are very helpful. Mm -hmm. That's good. Are there any other businesses or business leaders that you look towards for inspiration? 
Um, we do. Well, our, my eyes are always open at what the other big doll brands are doing um, because, I, I, of course, I can learn a lot from them. So, um, yeah, I look out look out for um, what they're doing from email marketing to what they're doing on their websites. And I decide what I want to use and what I want to tweak or what I just don't want to use at all. Where do you see Ikuzi dolls in the next five years? Well, I'd hopefully want, I would want us to hopefully be a well-known brand and um, be, get more distribution through brick and mortar, not necessarily our own store, but um, distribution through other um, brick and mortar stores out there that are focused in, within the toy industry. Where can our listeners maybe learn more about you? Oh, of course. Um, on our website, we have some great content about the company, about the start of the company, myself. Um, videos, we have some great videos on the website about reviews that have been done um, up on our brand, as well as some videos about me and my process. And of course, you could always purchase our beautiful dolls and accessories on our website as well. And our website is ikuzidolls.com, and that's I-K-U-Z-I. D-O-L-L-S dot com. Thank you so much, Izzy. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you. One Stop Shop is a production of Convergio. Learn how to manage all of the marketing tools, channels, and strategies that you need from one dashboard by visiting Convergio.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit comealivecreative.com. To listen to more episodes or to give us a rating, please visit convergio.com forward slash iTunes.